Nobody asked you, Kevin! Hello and welcome to Nobody Asked You Kevin. It is episode 21 and it's time again for another 10 minute movie review. But tonight you only have me. Um, Hayden is not here with us tonight as he did not see this movie that I'm going to be talking about very briefly. Um, it's pretty much a movie that he would not be interested in so and and I'm not even sure I would want him to see this so um, tonight's movie that we're talking about is Midsummer. Uh, Midsummer is a different type of horror film. I would most definitely call it a horror film. Um, it was just released in US theaters on July 3rd of this year 2019. Um, I have heard the director refer to it as a folk horror movie or even a fairy tale which is a very, very interesting take. Uh, But let's take the next couple of minutes and listen to the teaser trailer for the movie if you haven't heard it before. Christian says that you've got some special thing planned. Yeah, it's like a crazy nine-day festival. It only happens every 90 years. you up to the influence and it breaks down your defenses trust me right So this movie was written and directed by someone named Ari Aster, um, who if you're not familiar with um, horror movies, he wrote and directed 2018's Hereditary movie, um, which is a supernatural horror psychological drama movie um, that, again, came out in 2018. I absolutely loved that movie. A24... The studios distributed the movie, much like they did Hereditary. If you don't know who A24 is, check out other films of theirs, including The Witch, which I love, Green Room, which I'm so-so on, and A Ghost Story, which I didn't know much about A Ghost Story until somebody on another podcast, I can't remember who it was talk- who, who talked about it, but um, I watched that after a recommendation on another podcast, and I actually liked it. I mean, it's a it's a slow burning movie, but I enjoyed it. 
Midsummer itself made uh, $6.5 million at the U.S. box office this past weekend, and it's grossed uh, just under $11 million, so I think it was right at $10.9 million as of yesterday. Uh, I did see that it was released in the U.K., but I haven't been able to find any other information out about its box office performance over there. I don't know the exact production budget either, but from what I can tell on a couple of sites, it's being reported as less than $10 million. So at this point in time, it has made back its production budget, at least. The movie itself is rating pretty good on most uh, platforms. Uh, it currently holds a 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb and an 83% certified fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes with an average rating on Rotten Tomatoes of 7.5 out of 10. Well, oh, and that is a total of 231 critic ratings. The audience score is, is lower, 61%, with an average of 3.37 out of 5 rating on a total of 2,031 reviews. The Metacritic score is a little bit lower, 72. And this is the cinema score, um, which I don't quite get, but the cinema score is a C plus. But if you put this into perspective, CinemaScore gave Hereditary, Ari Aster's movie from last year, a D plus. So it's doing better than what Hereditary did, and I loved Hereditary. And Hereditary was pretty well received within the horror genre. Um, Midsummer stars um, Florence Pugh in the role of Danny. She was, if, you, if you're not familiar with her, she was last seen, at least for me, in 2019's Fighting With My Family, who she starred as Paige, uh, the wrestler. Um, Jack Rayner as Christian, who I last saw in Transformers Age of, of Extinction. William Jackson Harper as Josh, who also stars in NBC's The Good Place. Um, a guy named Wilhelm Blomgren as Pele, which I don't know who he is. And then Will Poulter as Mark. Uh, you can probably remember Will Poulter from the Maze Runner movies, uh, The One Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader remake, Detroit, and then last year's 2018's Black Mirror movie, Bandersnatch. Um, the music in this movie, Midsummer, is done by a group called the Haxon Cloak. Uh, which is the stage name of a British musician named Bobby Krilk. Um, Hacks and Cloak has released two studio albums in 2011 and 2013, and a couple, a few other EPs along the way. So getting back to Midsummer itself, the plot of the movie is pretty basic at its core. A group of friends travel to Sweden for a festival that occurs every 90 years, but then they find themselves amidst a pagan cult. So in other words, what in the wide, wide world of white people cult is happening in this movie? There's, there, there is a lot that happens in this movie, and I, I'm not intending to spoil a lot about this because I think you really need to go into unspoiled. There'll be a couple of things I say here which give away some plot points, but Again, there are a lot of things that happen in this movie, and the movie is pretty damn long, too. It clocks in at a very slow-burning 2 hours, 27 minutes, full of a lot of what-the-fuck moments. Uh, so 
first, before I talk about anything else about the movie, I'm going to rate this movie. And here's a reminder of my rating system at Nobody Asked You Kevin. The lowest rating you can have is loathe entirely. This is the rating to be used for movies that are complete trash. Um, I do not recommend watching this type of movie ever. It's complete garbage. Meh. Meh is a mediocre to okay movie. It may have some rewatchability or watchability on streaming or downloading. Um, maybe a red box rental, but there's no need to see that in the theater. Good? A good movie. A B average. Not top tier, but still good. You go to the theater to watch this one, but maybe not on opening weekend. Definitely for a discount Tuesday. And then the ultimate rating on this podcast is the shit. It's an excellent movie that I recommend watching. The top tier, the cream of the crop. Go to the theater to watch this one immediately. So with that being said, my rating for Midsummer is the shit. I walked out of the theater after seeing this with a what the fuck feeling and was bewildered with what I just saw. But I thought about it on the drive home and I stewed on it for a while and I absolutely loved this movie. This is the the type of movie that I want to watch. Something that will make me think. Something that will make me feel Something that will make me feel. Those are the movies I love. So, like I said before, I'm not going to spoil much of this because you need to see it without being spoiled. And and really, the only thing that I will spoil about this movie is that the filmmakers used something to create an effect in the movie. And I I just want to mention it because I thought it was pretty cool and it kind of ties into something I love talking about as well. Um, The... Part of the plot in this movie is ingestion of psilocybin mushrooms or hallucinogenic mushrooms or tea. Um, and there was a effects used in this movie that I'll talk about here in a second. But let's talk about psilocybin for a second, just for a moment. I like, like I, said, I like to talk about drugs. I like to sneak in drug talk anywhere I can. And psilocybin is a really neat substance. So you're probably thinking, heck, Kevin, what the hell is psilocybin? So I'm going to keep this very general for you. Um, Because if you're listening to this, you probably want to talk about movies or listening about movies and not about drugs. But it's my podcast. I do what I want. So psilocybin is a naturally occurring compound found in certain species and genre of mushrooms. Yes, fungus. Um, It's found in um, mushrooms such as psilocybin cubensis, psilocybin azurescens and psilocybcyanocens. Um, it's also been isolated, like I said, from other genre, from other genera other than psilocybin. But psilocybin itself isn't active. It is considered a, what is to be called a prodrug, so which means a compound or a substance which after you consume it or it's administered into the body, it is metabolized or converted into a pharmacologically active or more active substance in the body. So um, it's the, psilocybin itself is quickly transformed by our old friend the liver in our body to something called psilocin um, in a process basically called dephosphorylation. Um, And it's this compound, the psilocin compound, that acts in the body, and it acts as a partial agonist of the 5-hydroxytryptamine, or 5-HT, 
receptors, also known as serotonin receptors. So it acts especially with high affinity to the 5-HT2B and 5-HT2C receptor subtypes. Um, so when someone consumes a psilocybin mushroom or a psilocybin containing concoction like a tea through normal routes of administration so like drinking the tea or consuming the mushrooms orally um, you typically feel effects within 10 to 30 minutes and they can those effects can last for two hours up to several i mean six seven eight nine hours after ingestion and of course as we in toxicology always love to say it's highly dependent on dose um, consumed by the individual i mean in other words the dose makes the poison um, a typical recreational dose of of mushrooms uh, ranges on the individual's um, use history could be anywhere from between 10 to 50 grams of fresh mushrooms or 1 to 5 grams of dried mushrooms. Um, generally, those, the effects of psilocin include euphoria, visual hallucinations, mental hallucinations, perceptual changes, time distortion. So when I say time distortion, kind of like time has slowed down, minutes appear to be hours, time is standing still. And even spiritual experience is what people uh, kind of talk about when they talk about uh, using hallucinogenic mushrooms. Uh, most of the mind-altering effects are similar to those effects when, when, when of other drugs like LSD or lysergic acid, diethylamide, a.k.a. acid, uh, mescaline from the peyote cactus, or DMT, dimethyltryptamine are one of the components of ayahuasca. Um, uh, from, a, from a toxicity perspective, psilocin has a pretty low potential for harm. Um, people don't typically die from consuming the drug itself. They don't overdose on it specifically. Uh, that being said, uh, people can consume the substance and undergo a bad trip, feel fear or unpleasant feelings, and then, and then do something stupid, um, which then may lead to harm. I mean, and it is all with all psychedelic substances, LSD, mescaline, DMT, um, even not necessarily psychedelic, but MDMA or ecstasy, um, the context of use so that the setting and set or set and setting is very, very important when using set being one's typical one's mindset when using the drug and then setting being the physical and social environment of the use of the drug very very important um, many cultures have used psilocybin mushrooms as entheogens for religious and spiritual purposes like i was saying earlier about those spiritual experiences which ties this drug discussion back to that midsummer movie that we were just discussing um, characters um, ingested psilocybin mushrooms and what I would assume is psilocybin tea. Um, those characters then begin hallucinating and perceiving distorted time. Um, time stood still for some of them. They had no idea that they were there that long. And then there was this effect that was used, which I thought was very, very clever, um, that the directors used. 
Uh, flowers seemingly were breathing. Faces were morphing. Food was pulsating on the table like it was a beating heart. And it, to me, that was breathtakingly beautiful. I absolutely loved it. It was well, extremely well done, and the effect with the effects and the editing. I mean, I could go on and on and on about this, but I won't because this is supposed to be a 10-minute movie review, and it's already gone over. Um, uh, but what else did I love in this movie called Midsummer? Uh, it's an extremely slow burn movie, like I said. And the build-up to the last 20 to 30 minutes of the film are definitely worth it. Stick it out. Um, it does pay off. I've heard folks talk about the movie and how it could be a bit shorter, but I don't think that's right. I think it, it's fine in the length that it is. Uh, the movie itself is filmed, shot, edited beautifully. I mean, the scenery itself is gorgeous. It's a bright movie in most spots, which is directly opposite of what is um, uh, found in Hereditary and the darkness that's found in that movie. There are a lot of great acting jobs, and I will specifically call out Florence Pugh's um, acting as Danny in her role in this movie because it is extremely well done. And you'll see if you watch this movie about what events she has to go through and what what occurs to her in the movie. Um, you can feel this impending dread and doom that is just sitting there in the movie as you watch it. And, and I like, as I was sitting there in the theater recliner, I had this, un, this uneasy feeling just swelling up in my chest. It, it, it just kind of was something that was, I felt that wasn't right. That was just sitting there, just this feeling of dread and helplessness that, that just kept getting bigger and bigger and growing and growing as I watch this movie. And then it got to the end and, and it paid off. Um, the music, I think I already mentioned the hacks and cloak, but the music, the score is fantastic. And even those scenes where there is a lack of music or even absolutely no music at all, they, those scenes are perfect. So I rate this film the shit. I, I give it my highest praises. I, I've, I've been thinking about it since seeing it the other night. Um, it's a fantastic movie. It's a different type of horror movie. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Ari Oster is a fantastic writer and director, and I cannot wait to see what he does in the future because this is only his second movie. Hereditary was his first big movie and then Midsummer being his second. Um, so I can't wait to see what he does in the future. So that's it. I loved Midsummer. You can always get in touch with me via social media on Twitter at AskedKevin or my verified Twitter account at ForensicTalksGuy, on Facebook at the Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast page, or by good old email at NobodyAskedYouKevin at gmail.com. So to end this, folks, go see Midsummer if you can. You'll thank me later. Peace out, my friends. Is the coat you wear 
deep shade of blue is always Nothing to lose, but no more to win. Baby 